TJ, welcome to the show. I appreciate you having me on, dude. Good to uh, good to finally have you on, and for you to take the time out to come on here and uh, chat with me, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. So, how how's everything going? Uh, things are good, man. Um, you know, California's crazy. Or California, especially more than anywhere else, is crazy with uh, the pandemic that's going on. I got a few businesses that I've been having to, you know, um, yeah. run and, and uh, have the headaches with, but we're getting through it now. And uh, exciting stuff is I'm getting back to uh, full blown training and should be stepping inside that octagon hopefully here soon. So it takes your mind and your uh, stress off uh, off of business and think yeah. about kicking someone's ass, you know. Yeah, we used to say like winning fixes everything. And so as long as you're still fighting, when you win, it seems to come with a lot of perks that can help fix those problems that that, that are sticking you up. hundred <laughs> uh, percent, man. There's no better thing to say right there than that, if you're, especially if you're an MMA fighter. And just the way that uh, the UFC pumps you up and gets things going, it helps with anything you want to do. Yeah, I was watching your videos and when you're going down to Panama doing stem cell and having the, the double shoulder surgery and all this stuff, it's like, man, I, I was out from some injuries, but that seems kind of, kind of crazy. And it seems like Panama is the place to get stem cell. And I'm like, I don't know much about it. It seems scary to me because they create these, these, I guess, cells and then put them in your body. Like, how does that work? And, and, and how was your results? Yeah, man. So uh, the first place I went down to was the, um, stem cell Institute down in Panama. Okay. Um, they uh very very good and the last few times i've gone to is bioaccelerator in columbia okay um both are great places um i have noticed maybe a little bit better benefits not even from bioaccelerator down in columbia but um the reason why i got to go out of the country to do is that they can't do that do what they do here in the states is what they're able to do out of the country um they're allowed to manipulate the cells out of the country which they can't do here in the united gotcha. states for instance i'm taking stem cells from umbilical cord um, from a baby that has been birthed, you take the umbilical cord from that and they do all the research to make sure the studies are healthy of the baby, the mother, the family, and then they spin the cells and they take the good cells out, the mesenchymal cells are the strongest cells. Wow. And then they can culture them. They can like multiply them by like 80 million a day. You can wow. only multiply them so many times, but they can generate so many stem cells from one umbilical cord. Um, but here in the United States, they can take umbilical cord stem cells, but they can't manipulate them. They can't spin them out. They can't take the good stuff from the bad stuff. So if you're in the United States getting stem cells done, um, they're just injecting you with dead cells, you know, mesenchymal cells, whatever wow. is in um, But in, in those countries I've gone to, they've given you the best of the best. And you know that they've done the research behind who they are getting them from, what baby or what, what babies that have been born, what families they're from, and their health things from that too. So obviously there are some health risks, risks within taking someone else's stem cells. So you want to make sure you're going to the right spot. Yeah. And um, I've noticed huge benefits. Actually, it's what kept me in the game the last three years of my fighting before I got suspended because I had blown out both my shoulders. Um, before I fought Cody Garbrandt the first time on the ultimate fighter, we were playing the coaches challenge. We're playing tetherball yeah. on like a basket beam above a pool <laughs> and I fell off and caught myself and I dislocated my shoulder out the back. And I've always had kind of had shoulder problems, but I knew that it dislocated, but it popped back in, was able to finish the game. Um, but knew that I was gonna be fighting him possibly in like, you know, four or right, five right. months. But luckily enough for me, the fight got pushed back to November cause he had back issues you know, not being the champion, you can't be like, oh, hold up, I can't right, fight. Right. I got an injury, right? I got to take advantage of the situation. So I was going to fight no matter what. Um, I decided to look up Panama. I looked up the best simple place I could find. It was Panama at the time. And I went down there and got uh, injections done on in my shoulder and, and noticed some huge benefits. Um, with uh, just being able to 
maintain structural integrity in my shoulder. Right. You know, my shoulder wanted to dislocate all the time. Uh, I went and got stem cells done and did as much rehab as possible. And uh, to be honest, it kind of held me together. And then the the second fight coming up, I dislocated the other shoulder doing boxing. Actually, even worse. And so I knew I knew the uh, therapy that I needed to do for myself. And I went and got some stem cells done for that as well and kind of kept it going. Um, and then, like, as you mentioned, once I got suspended, I both my shoulders were so jacked up that I got a double shoulder surgery. Um, my labrum, my rotator cuff. Well, I had a partial tear in my labrum, but a full tear in my supraspinatus rotator cuff, both shoulders, and a frayed bicep tendon. Wow. So I got uh, both those fixed by the best doctor I could find. I uh, went back down to uh, Columbia, or Panama, then Columbia, um, to get it to heal to its fullest. You know, and uh, actually pretty exciting about coming back and and being able to not have that that nagging injury in the back of your head saying you can't grapple. You know, yeah, going yeah, into yeah. those uh, Cody fights and my Cejudo fight, I was like not wanting to wrestle, not wanting to get in a grappling situation because my shoulder would just pop out. You know, it's probably popping out twice a month for those training camps. Yeah. So it was one of those things in the back of your head that I won't have to go into a fight now I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, I saw in the video you were like lifting your arms up and you didn't have the same like uh, extension at the, one of the times you were getting your surgery. And it was just like, I can relate to that because like people always assume with injuries and fighters, it's like pain. It's like, oh, they, they have a, an, an injury and it's pain. But it's like I had Machida kick me in the arm and it, and it swole my arm up because I had like a bone fragment in there. And I fought Yushin Okami like right after that. It was like literally a couple weeks before Yushin Okami. And he got on top of me and I couldn't shrimp. So it's, it's not about the pain always. It's not about like, you know, that. It's about the fact you can't, like I couldn't brush my teeth. I couldn't like put this arm back to my chin and actually shrimp and get out of like mountain position and stuff. So it's like, I know exactly what you're talking about with like, you know, you, you got to have your, your, your body as flexible as possible at all times, or it could be the difference of winning a fight sometimes or getting out of position and, and losing a round. Yeah, it's crazy to think that you came and brushed your teeth. I couldn't even going into <laughs> as, right. at the, <laughs> so at the bad. Time, the most important fight of your life, you know, like yeah. because every fight, whatever that fight one it was, is, man. Yeah, it's your next important fight of your life. You know what I mean? And like you can't even brush your teeth, and you're going into a big fight. And yeah. like, people people don't realize the mental toughness that goes in behind uh, fighting, not only the one on one combat, but all the bullshit you got to deal with outside the cage and the injuries and still having to fight with it, you know? And, and everything's good. Your body's good now and, and you're back to, to full on training. Yeah, man. I'm super excited about it. I've been training uh, pretty hard now since shoot because I was out for a while. I, I was coaching. I always was coaching. I was helping Juan Archuleta get ready for his fights. Right, and I was in the that. gym, um, but I stayed out for a while. Um, so since, I don't know, the end of 2020, I've been training like I've been in a training camp because I was legally allowed to fight January 19th, mm -hmm. so I didn't know if I was going to get a fight right away. So I pretty much just like kind of jumped into a camp and started sparring and knowing that I need to get that timing back. I need to get that feeling back. I mean, people talk about ring rust. The only time you're going to have ring rust is if you don't do what you need to do in practice. Right. Like, yeah, if I just do, if I just stayed out for two years and then did an eight week camp, yeah, I'm going to be going to be shit, right? But I've been grinding, so um, I'm actually pretty excited with how I feel and how sparring is going and how all my training is going as well as my body. Um, so I'm obviously excited to get back to fight just because I love doing it, but also to come back and, and know how good I'm feeling and, and to really put put some wrinkles in that weight class and yeah. and cause some havoc. People are gonna be fucking pissed when I come back, so um, it's gonna be it's gonna be sweet. Yeah, I'm gonna get to that in a second. I'm, I'm, that's exciting stuff. Um, yeah, but yeah, definitely. I saw you working out in Panama in your outdoor gym with your one arm when you 
<laughs> so you, you were getting it in. It was, it was funny, but you were getting it in. So at least you were definitely training, fi- finding gyms. I know in Brazil they have those too, where they're at the outdoor gyms like that. Those are little like pulley things. Um, so you were training with, I've seen you training with Cub. Cub's been on the show multiple times yep. uh, or, and Ortega as well. So first of all, just real quick, um, what do you think about Cub's fight and his last showing? I know it was a, what, what a great fight, huh? His boxing looked great. Absolutely. Looked really calm. And he was he was off a long layoff. You know, he had yep. full-blown sh- uh, knee surgery from that grappling match he was in. And uh, so coming back, um, knowing that he worked on some skills, what he could do at the time, have a knee surgery, and his boxing just looked really good. His inside dirty boxing was nice. Um, just a big win for him, you know, watching him uh, having three kids. He had twins, yeah. and he's got a young daughter. <laughs> so having three kids in the house and just all that stuff. Like, the finances that come along with it, it's just so stressful yeah. even to watch him go out and perform so well. He, you know? he was super, you could just see the emotion, like how happy he was. And like, he was so fortunate enough to do the podcast during his fight camp. I'm sorry, fight week. Like, and, and, and I didn't, I didn't expect him to do it or, or want him to, but he just, he, that's the time that he scheduled. And then once we did it, I realized that it was so close to his fight. And I was just like, I felt so bad. I was like, man, I hope he wins the fight. He doesn't get distracted. I was trying real hard not to like make, <laughs> put a lot of pressure on him with the podcast. Cause like, He's just so nice, you know, and it's like he, he's just so cool and so chill. And it was so nice to see him feel so you could see the emotion of how happy he was after that fight. Like you can tell when, when a fight means a lot to a fighter and when it when it's just a yeah, it's a win. You know, like it's not a big deal. It, it, it was a huge deal for him. And you could tell. And that, that made me happy. Absolutely, man. When you're when your back's back to the cage and you get that big win, there's nothing greater. And he's got Gavin Tucker coming up now. Is he training hard for that? Is that and, and how do you feel about that fight coming up? For um, yeah, I don't know if he's. Well, we're gonna see if he gets that fight. It's kind of nothing's like official. That's the plan, right? So, but he's getting back at it. Cub broke his hand, um, his last fight. It wasn't a bad fracture, but a little fracture. So he just got back from uh, getting cleared from that. And uh, man, the one thing I'll say about Cub Swanson is that a lot of his stuff is so underrated. Everyone yeah. knows how good Cub is. He's been around the game for a long time. But me finally learning getting to train with cub man it's like you don't realize how good his grappling is and yeah. things like that things he doesn't get the things he hasn't shown or he stayed away from for whatever reason but uh yeah i mean he's got, came back grappling we're grappling twice a week usually at gracie baja he's getting back into sparring so no matter what he'll be ready and he's one of those ogs that just knows the game so i'm excited for him yeah and you got you got ortega coming up with volkanovsky so you, you got a nice little crew around you there yeah, we got uh, Juan Archuleta, the Bellator champ at 135s. You got Brian Ortega we've been working with here, um, Cub Swanson. Uh, we got a lot of guys people don't know as well, too. Like, you know, everyone everyone has those guys that push you in the gym that no one even knows yet. It, it's kind of nice, you know? Yeah, and uh, and most importantly, uh, there's a lot of hype about you coming back, man. I've had a lot of guys on the show talking about you fighters uh you know obviously a lot of followers want you on the show and find out what's going on is there anything that you can announce in the works at all or can you not announce anything yet or what are you, or what are you looking at there's been some talks right but nothing can be announced yet um yeah i mean i'm in a good situation i think everyone in the top five has called me out you know yeah. i, I want to come back and, and fight the best um 35 years old now I've um, got a lot of things in life going on, so I want to come back and prove that I'm the best band and weight of all time, and I want to come back and, and fight the best. You know, if that's fighting for the belt right away, then so be it. If that's fighting someone else in the top five, awesome. You know, I've, every person that's called me out, I've said yes to to the UFC. So, um, 
that's just showing me that I'm eager to get back in there. So it doesn't really matter um, as long as it's someone that's at the top of the game because I'm going to climb up and get that belt back fast, you know. I mean, obviously, Cody wants you. Sandhagen wants you. Um, with all due respect, Rob Font gave you a lot of credit but still would love to fight you to put himself to the test, though he said sure. immediately following that you deserve to go in there and, and fight straight for the title. Um, that being mm-hmm. said, you, you, didn't, you didn't leave the, the sport as not the champion. You, you know, you were the Bantamweight champion, uh, rightfully so, um, and then you had to, to take that break. So when you come back, it, it, you know, but without giving anything away, I don't want you to, to give anything away that's, uh, that you can't announce or anything, but would you feel comfortable jumping right into a title shot with a two-year layoff like that or would you rather have kind of like ideally maybe one more fight just like a contender fight just uh just to get your i know it's not rust but just to get yourself you know back in yeah i mean everyone's kind of got to wrap their head around about coming back and, and getting back in there but no i'm ready to get i'm ready to get to go for the belt yeah. you know if that's the opportunity that comes at me because i know that yon wants it you know um he's already been vocally talking about it and um, you know, we'll see what happens on March 6th when he fights uh, Sterling. He's got a tough has- test ahead of him, but um, that's the fight he wants. You know, I feel like, you know, just like what you said, I didn't leave the sport by losing my belt. He knows that um, there's a lot of speculation if he's the real champion, if he hasn't beaten me, right. the champion to get the get that belt. So he wants it as well as that I'm the biggest draw for him right now to, to try to fight. Um, maybe he's thinking me coming back for my first fight might be the best time to catch me as well too. try to catch me slipping. But, um, I mean, that's what I want, you know, yeah, I mean, the ultimate course. goal for me is to, to be the champion. I mean, um, the, the greatest things come to you when you're champion, the goal is to be the champion. So, uh, why not get out there and get it done? You know, um, I haven't missed a beat. It'd be different if I was in practice right now and I realized like, shit, I got some making up to do. Maybe right. I should take a tune up fight, but, um, I don't feel that way whatsoever. Um, we, like we just talked about my, my training partners that I have in the gym and the guys that I'm pushing myself with every day and how I'm able to compete, um, and, and, and just feel my own timing. You know, I've been traveling out to Colorado four days a week right now. Um, kind of making it, um, Thursday to Sunday to Colorado and, and here in California, the other times from grappling and sparring and whatnot. So, I'm doing everything I possibly can to stay sharp. You know, I'm out there working with Dwayne Ludwig, and uh, he's one of those guys that um, it, it makes me push to new extremes and um, st- keeps me account- even though I don't need help being held accountable. He just does it without even having yeah. to say anything. You know, I love I love Dwayne, man. He's he's an awesome guy. All right, guys, don't fast forward. Please do not fast forward. Give me two seconds. Please <laughs> please give me two seconds. I have been getting some amazing guests on the podcast. We have been putting together some great shows for you guys. Please give me 30 seconds of your time. Listen to uh, my uh, quick spill on Manscaped. Guys, you can save 20%. You can get free shipping. Uh, it's the best product on the market for below-the-waist grooming. It is 100% by far the best. And you can save money, free shipping, Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Enter code QUICK. That lets them know I sent you so they don't fire me and they don't fire the podcast. And, and, and you guys can show support to the podcast and save 20% and get free shipping. I made this super quick for you so we can get back to the, the awesome po- uh, podcast with TJ. Thank you guys so much for the support. Going back to the Jan Sterling fight, how do you see that going down? I mean, obviously, I, it seems like you kind of want to fight uh, Jan, but I mean, what do, how do you see that fight? Can you break that down a little bit as far as your prediction and, and how you think that fight's going to go? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I think it's a tough fight for Jan because of the style of the fighter. Um, I think Jan's the better, well-rounded fighter. He's got more of the skills and mo- more um, aspects of fighting, but uh, Sterling's wrestling is really aggressive, right? He's 
his striking looks real uncomfortable. Um, he doesn't really set anything up. He just kind of bombs kicks nonstop, right? Kind of got that distance, right. but then he grabs a hold of you. He's got great wrestling, and his jiu-jitsu is amazing as well, too. I mean, we watched him take Sanhagen out in uh, 45 seconds. Um, we watched him do a lot of good, great grappling in some of his uh, fights. Um, so I think it'll be a tough fight because I do think that Jan's maybe biggest weakness is his uh, wrestling. Yeah, I know he got he lost in the past to a guy that's in a Bellator just by getting out wrestled. Um, so we'll see the gains that he's made in his MMA wrestling. Um, I would still probably probably put my money on Jan just because he's a little more well rounded, um, you know, structurally and, and, and technically on his feet. I think he'll be able to keep the distance good enough, but um, you can't underestimate a, a tough nosed wrestler. So. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he can't be counting his uh, chickens before, before they hatch because he's trying to call me out, but he's got to get past Sterling yeah. and, and make sure he can and stay on top. Yeah, well, you're not saying it. You're not saying it, but just given the fact that you you know, you know were the Bantamweight champ when you left and you were a very dominant, you know, considering what's happened since you left and then how dominant you were when you had the belt, there's no doubt in my mind you're getting that, 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 that you know, the winner of that fight. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And, and, I, and I think a lot of people are looking forward to that fight. That's going to be an explosive fight, wh- whoever it ends up being. Um, that also being said, you mentioned Mayweather recently, or I guess not too recently, maybe a, a little while back with, I think it was Ariel or something. What about that? Uh, would you, would you consider taking a fight? I mean, obviously not next, but would you, would you, would you venture into boxing and fight someone like Mayweather? Man, the world of boxing is such a circus. It man. is it's crazy, so right? <laughs> it's you'd be replacing Logan Paul, who's zero and two, by <laughs> the way. That would be who you would be replacing to fight Mayweather. Just just to put that out there. <laughs> yeah. So I guess my uh, my stats are just fine to to take that yeah, fight I mean, if he's fighting same, same. Logan Paul. But it just ruins the sport, man. Like. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously I would take it for the finances, right? I mean, yeah, it'd be such course. an awesome thing. But it's just it's just so crazy what's going on right now that YouTubers are making that kind of money and fighting and just uh, – man, it, it, I mean, being uh, – I mean, especially a guy like you, you know, like you came up in the heart of the UFC of like building it to what it is now and getting paid shit. And you know what I mean? And like not – not being taken care of and you see these youtubers come up and like training for a couple months and getting paid millions of dollars it just it's just so frustrating that you can come in like do you see a youtuber going in and playing an nfl game do you see a youtuber going and playing mlb or any of this other stuff it's like it's just so crazy that that can actually physically happen to a professional sport and how hard we work for what we get and just someone like it, it's just it's crazy so i mean it's almost like my view has changed that i don't want to help help uh, disrespect the sport of boxing and jump in line and stuff when it, I've been such a fan of it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, it wouldn't be the same. I and mean, if you fought Mayweather, that's a little different than Logan Paul fighting Mayweather. The thing is, what bothers me is guys like Jake Paul, who are YouTubers, like you said, and I understand, you know, celebrity fighting. I understand YouTubers fighting YouTubers. I understand gamers fighting gamers. Um, but it's frustrating when you see a guy that's like Jake Paul who's training full-time to be a fighter. And obviously the guy's got a ton of money. He's got a ton of assets to, to, to train full-time as a boxer. And you can only get so good so fast. But when you're training every day at something, you are going to be better than someone who isn't training at all. And then he's fighting like YouTubers and basketball players who've never trained or sparred in their life. Um, that frustrates me and making millions of dollars doing it. It's like you're grabbing people that aren't even in the, the sport or training and trying to fight him and knock him out just to prove you're alpha and you haven't fought a fighter. 
that brings me obviously to Askren. You know, he's he's obviously looking for somebody who again doesn't have boxing training, but he wants to he wants to say he can beat up a real fighter. And Askren is a very credential. I just had him on the show just uh, two two podcasts ago. Uh, a very high level Olympian, you know, level athlete and a fighter, but he's not a guy who spent a lot of time boxing, and he's getting drugged into a boxing match. Like, what's your thoughts on that? And how do you think that's going to play out as far as just uh, Askren's just pedigree compared to uh, Jake, even though Jake is training full time as a boxer and has probably put more time on striking recently as as of late than Askren? Yeah, I was actually just about to ask you that. I didn't know you had him on, but uh, about, about the Askren fight because you were talking about Jake Paul. Bro, like, Askren should win, right? But I'm nervous about it. I mean, Askren's I feel not the a same striker. way. You watch, him, <laughs> you watch him strike. It's like, the MMA world is very nervous right now that he's going, I mean, let's be honest, like, he should win the fight. He should be smart enough to, I mean, Jake Paul's going to get tired. Yes. He should be able to wear him out um, and take him, make him lose his explosiveness and uh, dance around and, and get the win. But I wouldn't say he, the, the Askren's the better striker. I think he's just the better competitor, yeah. right? And that's what's going to win him the fight. At least, I, at least I really hope so. My fingers are crossed because, man, if, if, if Jake Paul if gets a win over an MMA that, champion, can you imagine, dude? Yeah. <laughs> it's, man it's crazy it's gonna be bad I, but I, I do agree with you and i think that i think a guy that has a mindset like askren and who's tra- yeah. who's who's been at olympic level and finds a way to win i mean he's f- found a way to win against guys like lima and against like uh robbie lala yeah, he's taken hard punches with four ounce gloves he's been hard to hit and he's taken those punches to expect yeah. you know jake paul to come out there with a 10 ounce glove and just hit him one time and knock him out it's not going to yeah. be as easy as he thinks. And then I've, I've never seen a guy with a couple fights go out there and compose himself. You know, they blow themselves out yeah. pretty damn fast. And then they panic and then they freak out. And if Askren can maintain himself and, 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 and you know, stay composed and, and, and not get caught, I mean, it could be a fight where he's chasing Jake Paul around, just putting a beating on him because he's just exhausted and panicked. And that's what I hope kind of happens. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too, man. That's that's crazy, man. So, what does the tr- the training camp look like for you now as you're getting ready for this next fight uh, that we can't announce? And, and by the way, just so you know, this fight is going to get announced five minutes after this podcast comes out because that's just the way it happens every time. <laughs> I have a podcast with an amazing guest like you, where everybody wants to know something. We can't say it, and then like five minutes later, it's on my timeline on Instagram, and then I just put the podcast out. But either way, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, what is your training camp like? Like, what, what is it? What, what is your your weekly routine? Getting ready for uh, your next fight, whoever it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even know who it's going to be yet, right? So it's not like I'm hiding. Right, yet, right. But of um, yeah, so. Shoot, yesterday was what well, was yesterday? What's it? Yesterday was Thursday. So yesterday I went and did some uh, some sparring with uh, Kevin Ross and uh, Ortega, um, jiu-jitsu at night. Um, usually Thursday through Sunday. I mean, not every week, but when I get into camp, it probably will be every week that I'll be in Colorado from Thursday to Sunday, working with Ludwig out there. Um, you know, and then I'm I'm using my strength conditioning coach Sam Calvito, which is the reason why I moved back down to Southern California. The guy's just a straight up genius when it comes to um, optimizing the body and, and making sure you're getting everything out of it. Um, especially being the age that I'm at now, 35, and being able to continue to see gains has been so impressive to me. Um, he, but I mean. It's it's not for everyone. It's one of those one of those coaches that's going to push you to throwing up almost every workout, no matter how good a shape you get in. Um, but we know how to do it at certain times, um, you know, because I can't be training that hard all the time. So, you know, certain days I'm taking off of the week. It's not seven days a week. You know, I'm taking days off. I'm making sure my recovery is uh, very very high end. Um, sitting in a hyperbaric chamber with O2, but getting good sparring in with the Archuleta. The, 
Cub Swanson's of the world, the Ortegas, and even the guys you don't know of. Um, grappling with the best in the world, I believe, uh, Felipe De La Monica here, Gracie Baja and Irvine, and the guys he has coming in, as well as that room that I have to roll with. So, um, it's, I mean, it's a grind already. I mean, I mean, I'm in ridiculously good shape. I could fight. I mean, I could take that. If someone steps out March 6th, I can step right in. I'm, I'm in insanely good shape right now. Um, so sometimes I actually got to pull the reins back a little bit and make sure that I'm not going too hard yet until they announce announce a camp because I don't want to be burnt out by the time I'm ready to fight. Yeah. Um, luckily enough, I've let my body heal for, for two years, yeah. so I shouldn't be that burnt out. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty – pretty amped up and ready to go speaking about that two years man first i want to commend you on how you handled the situation that you were in um i think you kind of set the bar for fighters that 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 get caught in that situation um not many fighters hold their head up and and do what you did i think you should be commended for that um you did serve your time and and you had no doubt you had no or no qualms about that um and you spent your time away what what are some of like i've had some time away as well myself but you know i wasn't like a champion like you and some big superstar um what were the the major ups and the major downs of sitting out and having to be a fan leaving as a bantamweight champion like you did and having to then automatically be a fan for two years in your prime like what, what were some of the upsides to that and what were some of the downsides to that just real quick yeah, man, I appreciate you saying the way I did it was the way it should be done because it was it was hard to do. Yeah, I can imagine. You know? um, obviously, I knew it's what had to be done, but um, a very stressful situation. Man, the first six months of that uh, time of being suspended and dealing with it was uh, very stressful. You know, hard on me. I mean, not only me. I think about my wife and my right. kid, and I'm mean, obviously my kid's so young; it doesn't matter on him yet. But uh, just you know, the bull crap I was going through. Um, it was, it was real emotional. And then having to be laid up on the couch on some pain pills during surgery, right when that happens too, is, uh, cause as soon as I got suspended or knew I was going to get suspended, I was like, boom, I'm doing surgery. So, I mean, it was tough, man. It was, it was very, very tough, but we start talking about the upsides of it. Um, there's so many of it, so many upsides to, to being out right now with the time I had with, with business and things I would never be able to do because I'm focusing on fights. Now that I'm like even getting back to even thinking about fighting, other things are going to the wayside that I had time to actually spend. You know, I opened up a, I got involved with a franchise called Clean Juice. Yep. I opened up a, a store down here in uh, Yorba Linda, and I'm actually the area developer for all of Southern California. So we'll be opening 63 stores in Southern California. Um, I have some other big projects that, um, that actually will take care of me for the rest of my life as soon as they go through here that I can't really talk about yet. But um, things in the business world that I've been able to take care of that I never would have had time to. Um, and I, it, I would never choose to do it that way again, but right, right. it was it was a blessing in disguise. Right. I, you know, I got both my shoulders fixed. I'm gonna have my. I mean, I don't have to come back and fight for money now, right. you know, which is pretty sweet. Like to have that stress of like going out there and fighting and winning because you need to put some money on the table to be able to keep this roof over right. our head and keep my you know my finances going. Like that's amazing. Didn't go in there and not have that stress. So that's pretty cool. Um, so it's been a lot of pluses. Obviously, the negatives um, because of my situation is just. You know, having to deal with all the bullshit of uh, of cheating. Yeah, of course. You know, um, and and I, I've laid it out there as much as I possibly could. You know, I I made a giant mistake. I wanted to do something that was, you know, I wanted to go down to a weight class that my body wasn't letting me. You know, I full blown went anemic and uh, didn't want to get out of bed, bro. Like. I'm supposed to be fighting for a second world title, trying to be the best pound for pound fighter of the world. And I didn't want to get out of I pretty much it was just like freezing cold, didn't want to get out of bed, didn't want to train, just wanted to sleep all day long. I knew something wasn't right, became full blown anemic. Um, you know, didn't want to bail out of the fight. It was a big payday, a big opportunity, and and took the shortcut, yeah. you know. And uh I guess me sitting here just 
the biggest thing I want anyone else to take from it as well as myself is that there are no fucking shortcuts, you know, and I've learned that through wrestling my whole life. My dad's taught it to me that there are no shortcuts and it will come around and bite you in the ass. And karma's a bitch, man. I, I mean, I got it to the fullest. I mean, I lost a fight that I knew I was the better fighter. I lost it in 30 seconds. Um, I went on a two year suspension. I mean, it couldn't have been worse the way it went yeah. down. So I got what I deserved and, uh, you know, I did my time and anyone who wants to talk shit afterwards, they're going to, they're going to have to free. They can say whatever they want until I'm in there in front of them. They remember how good I am. You yeah. know, they can say whatever they want about what I did and how I got there. And maybe they thought I did it further in the past, which is complete bullshit. It's like what I just forgot how to cheat and just got caught right, this one right. time. Like it's ridiculous. So, um, that's the stuff I, that, that was tough. You know, maybe not everyone else's everyone else has got other tough situations to deal with when you have to sit out, you know, maybe from injury or whatnot. But mine was more of the emotions of, uh, the decisions I made and having to deal with it and just manning up and, uh, and dealing with it head face on too, you know, like not hiding from it. Yeah. And again, I commend you for your words right now, even, you know, the way you're handling it. Um, you know, a lot of fighters, when, when you, you seem very confident when you're, you're coming back, uh, both positive on your, uh, just your acceptance and positive on your return and your performance. Um, we've seen fighters in the past who have, have not done what you did and, and, and made excuses and got popped multiple times and done things multiple times outside even just that, and they have a, a really bad reputation now when they walk out. And then we've had fighters like legends and icons of the sport like Anderson Silva and, and other fighters that also made mistakes and, and got caught. And uh, you don't even think about it because like, you know, you, 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 it's completely went past them already. How do you feel when you come back? Like you seem like you're very confident you're going to blow past this and prove yourself again and, and just and just move on. And people are going to understand that you, you, you know, you came forward, you did the right thing, you paid your price and now you're moving on. Everyone makes mistakes at some point. And uh, do you feel that? Do you feel like you're just going to come right past it and, and, and show people that, that you're, you know, that that wasn't who you are and, and, and who you're going to be and you're going to just just impress them with your fights? Yeah, man, I, I, I kind of have to think that way. I mean, I've become a very mentally tough athlete. Um, and just person because of athletics, right? I mean, I've learned to be, and I wasn't always this, uh, mentally tough. You know, I'd say to my wrestling career, I wish I would have had the mental, I mean, I say that now, I wish I had the mental toughness back then because I would have done a lot better, but if I would have done so much better in wrestling, I probably would have never fought right. and I wouldn't be where I'm at today. <laughs> so everything happens for that reason. But, um, I'm a very mentally tough athlete and, uh, and fighting has taught that, to, taught that for me. Um, and not everyone can do that. So, but yeah, I, I will definitely come back. I will push past this. Um, and not so much for what anyone else thinks, but just the fact that I know that I'm going to go out there and prove that I'm still the best band and weight of all time, you know, um, that I'm gonna come back and get that belt and, and do it with a statement. And, um, you can't ever have that doubt. I mean, even if you do, I mean, cause everyone's got doubts. So let's be honest. Like you're going into a fight, you're the best in the world. You're still going to have doubts. You know, you're going to be nervous. You, I mean, you could be the Michael Jordan. Right? Michael Jordan had doubts. Everyone's got doubts. Everyone's got these negative thoughts that eventually come into your head. Right. And it's how good you are at overcoming those negative right. thoughts and, and just positive reinforcement. Positive. It's like so cheesy. Like you hear these people tell you, yeah. like, just believe or positive reinforce yourself. But it's so true. Like you know, you, your mind is a very powerful thing and you can trick yourself into believing whatever you really want. But then it's obviously you having to put the hard work and the skill behind it. Right. But it all starts mentally. It really does. And that's what we talk about with Jake Paul and Askren. Askren's competed against the best in the world and just fine doing it. Askren has not. And to, I mean, and, uh, Jake Paul has not, you know, so to, um, to have that in there, it, it's, it's really important. You know I mean? The, I think the mental aspect of one-on-one competition is the most important. 
I know you mentioned that you don't have to fight for money, and obviously you're fighting to come back and, and uh, you know, uh, get the belt, your bantamweight. Um, do you have a hit list of people that just interest you, you want to fight? And a two-part question. Number one, do you have a hit list? I, I obviously stated the fighters that kind of want to fight you. Do you have certain fighters that you just want to fight before your career is over? And would you ever consider, because Henry just recently came out, he was on my podcast as well, but he didn't say it on my podcast, obviously. He said it with the Samoa, I think. He just recently came out and, and was a little negative towards you about your fight with him. Would you ever consider going and fighting him again just just to have that fight again so so your hit list and then is he on your hit list i guess is a, is a good way of, of wrapping this into one one question yeah i guess i really haven't sat around and, and thought about a hit list exactly right but yeah he's on <laughs> yeah if you I mean, just you saying his name is like oh god you know like he did a good job the king of cringe did a good job of being cringy yeah. you know it's like one of those fights that like i was so much better going into that fight don't take anything away from him i I think he's an amazing yeah, athlete for sure. winning Olympic gold medal. You know, like I, I give him more credit for being an Olympic gold medalist than I do winning a UFC champion. And that's something because I've wrestled my whole right. life that is quite amazing, right? But uh, I'm so much of a better fighter of him, well rounded wise. And, uh, and the way that his career worked out and the way he, t- he stepped away from it was just like. <laughs> He just got so lucky, man. So that's a fight that I want. I want back because I don't think he's as good as he, uh, he thinks he is. So that's for sure on my hit list. Um, first and foremost, I mean, hit list for me is just getting my belt back. Yeah. So whatever, whatever path, whatever path I have to take to get there. If it's fighting all the guys in the top five first, if it's going straight to the belt, um, and then making sure I defend it and man, have a statement. You know, um, Corey Sanhagen's a guy that uh, I have a lot of respect for because I train with him and he's like a good dude. He's like a really good guy. Um, but obviously it doesn't matter because he's out there wanting to run his mouth. So, um, I will have to go out there and beat him, but he's a guy that I, I, I like, you know, um, but, um, that's a fight I would like. Um, Jose Aldo was a fight that called me out right away when it was getting closer towards the end of me coming out that instantly sparked my interest because it's Jose Aldo, yeah, of course. you know, um, I don't want to fight him because of a grudge. I don't want to fight. I want to fight him because it's, it's Jose, Jose Aldo. Yep. Um, and I watched him, you know, beat up on my teammates. And, uh, at the time when I was coming up and getting my belt and I beat Burrell, he was the greatest of all time. And I wanted to, I wanted to fight him, you know, so that would always be a very interesting fight. Um, I mean, man, the weight class is pretty exciting, you know, so I have like endless fights to really kind of take. Um, but first and foremost, it's whatever fight I got to do to get the belt back. Right. And then, uh, hopefully we can, we can talk Cejudo and coming out of retirement. Yeah. I think it'd be easy to do. Uh, maybe yeah. you can't sit around forever with his, with his pillows. He's got a pillow full of fighters, but he's not fighting them and he's not making <laughs> money by, by, by having them. So it, it, I have a feeling he's going to get bored after a while and definitely have to come back and fight. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. you guys i know everybody wants to go to thailand because thailand's so cool but you can't come to thailand without coming to aka thailand come on
not trying to bring it up. I know you had the issues with Alpha Male and the team and all that. And I want to. That's that's old news, and I want to bring up that whole thing again. And it's been beat over and over again. But I just uh, watched a recent interview, not recent, but from late December with Chell, and he really broke down something that I never really noticed was that Conor McGregor was such a huge part of that. I never realized how how much Conor was a huge part of that. Um, and I never, and so I have to ask you because I didn't know, and I haven't seen you really share any opinion. What was your opinion of Connor because of that situation? And even now, do you have any kind of ill will towards him um, because of that situation, or was it just bound to happen? Do you think, or was it just pretty much his 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 manifestation? Man, I think that whole situation was almost a game plan. To be honest, yeah. I, you know, I really I almost believe him and Uriah sat down and, and like planned it out. It was like too perfect. So I was a champion, just beat Burrell. Uriah is coaching the ultimate fighter against Connor. I come to help out. Um, right now, so I'm the champion. I defend against Burrell. I'm doing this back and forth. I'm going to Colorado to train with Dwayne. I'm kind of like what I'm doing. I'm coming, and I was going back to Sacramento to train with Team Alpha Male. But every time we went back to Team Alpha Male, we didn't have really have a head coach. And so I was running practice. You know, like I'm fighting for a world title, and I'm running my own practice. Like that, you shouldn't be doing that, you know. Um, so we'll get to that point after. But – so that, that was the situation. And then so after I beat Burrell, like seriously, that next week I go out to the Ultimate Fighter to kind of show my face and show my support for Uriah and be there for him. Um, and it was just like I kind of got blindsided. I walk – I'm like yeah. morning, just tired, <laughs> walking into the gym, drinking a coffee, like puffy face, and then like instantly getting attacked by like uh, McGregor and talking about how I'm a, a, a snake in the grass. I'm this traitor, blah, 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 blah. And like there was no thought in my mind of like me not being with Team Alpha Male. Like I was there. Like these are my boys. These are guys that became – best friends with you know like came up to the ranks with um and then that kind of started and kind of just put a little like um just attention towards it right but then obviously things just kind of escalate from there so we get back so i don't hold anything to him because it's not his fault i mean i think it was a plan i really do so i get back to team off mail before i my next fight so after i beat burrell my next fight's gonna be dominic cruz and um you know, I'm thinking about my camp and how it went last time, and I had a great performance. But the thing that really was like irritating me was every time we went out to team off mail, I was like, man, I wish I was in Colorado right now. Like, I just we didn't have a coach. I couldn't be coaching practice and worried about right. fighting and coming back to find Dominic Cruz. It's like he's another guy that's being talked about as being one of the greatest bantamweights of all time. Is you know, he's a pioneer of the sport. And it's like, oh, I'm fighting Dominic Cruz. Like, I need to take this serious. What can I do to make my camp even better than last time? And it was like, I need to be in Colorado. So took your ride to lunch. Um, I sat him down and, uh, unfortunately I put Chad Mendes in an awkward situation too, cause Chad came to lunch with us as well too. But I sat him down, I was like, Hey man, look, I need to, cause him and Dwayne didn't get along. Right. I, Uriah Faber and Dwayne did not get along because of money. You know, um, Uriah promised some things that didn't happen, such and such, but whatever that that's that. So they didn't really get along. So it's like team Uriah or team Dwayne. And I'm doing this back and forth. It's like, I'm the steps. I'm like, I'm like the, the kid in a divorce yeah. and having to choose sides, of this, you know? So I sit him down at lunch, like, Hey man, I'm going to do my full camp out in Colorado. I can't afford to keep coming back and forth. It just took a lot out of me. And you know, I don't have a coach here running practices, this and that. And so he gave me an ultimatum. He's like, look, man, you're either with him or you're with us. So, um, you choose. And I was like, well, then I'm going to Colorado, you know? And, and I thought the fact it was like, I'm just choosing like, so I was like, I'm going to Colorado. I'm going to go train out there. So I, but I'd still come to, and he told me I couldn't practice at Alpha anymore. I was like, fuck man. All right. But I was still coming to the gym, trying to hang out with the guys. Dude, he fully kicked me out of the gym, made me like pack all my stuff up, get out of there. I just bought a house in Sacramento, moved my life there. And so I had to pack up and leave. So I, I was like, fuck man, like I packed my house up, sold it, moved to Colorado. And then that's when 
all this started. That's why me becoming like the heel really, really started, you know, and uh, just had to continue to, to, to live with yeah. it and play with it up, even though, I mean, everyone's got their own stories, right? Everyone's got the way they see it. But for me, that's the way that I see it. And it's just, it, it was just crazy that it became that way. And if I really feel like the way for me and Uriah to fight each other. So say I went and went out and beat Cruz, which, which I think I did, didn't get the decision swung my way. It would have been a really big hyped up fight between me and Uriah. Yeah. And I think that was the game plan. I really think the game plan for Uriah to get another title shot was against me and for me to get the belt back and get it all hyped up and, and, you know, like what Connor would say, the red painting night for the UFC, right. you know, yeah. um, I really believe it was the game plan. It was, it was worked out and, uh, it was like just creating this drama, which drama continued to last. And then Garbrandt won the belt and it was like still there. And so I've been having to deal with that bullshit since I was fighting Cruz, uh, from a long time, you know, and then coming back and have to deal with it for Cody for two years. So, um, real unfortunate situation to lose some really close friends over some bullshit. Uh, but you really find out who's, who's really in your corner when, uh, shit like that goes down yeah and and, and i guess you one quick question too you you kind of like just uh accepted the the snake the snake thing i think you got a tattoo and then you got the shirts like like what made you do that like most people they're just automatic instincts when you get called something especially if you don't want whether you are or not or whether you don't think you are especially or you don't want the public to think you are whatever they're accusing you of you run from it you hide from it you you do whatever you can you just kind of embraced it and like what what made you decide to do that is it just a, just to punch them back like and, and kind of just show them that it's not it's not effective and, and it's not bothering you i guess that as well as i thought it was funny at the time um that it was even being portrayed that way. And uh, to be honest, like I am one of those athletes that is going to think about himself. You know, like I'm a very selfish athlete um, that when it comes to me being the best, I'm going to go out there and find the right train. I mean, I traveled the world and trained with yeah. the best. You know, I'm not going to get held back because some guy's going to give me an ultimatum. Yeah. You know, something that I feel like Uriah did to Cody. You know, and that Cody's finally going out and about and going to new training camps and learning new things. I try getting <laughs> – it's funny this all when it's come down like before the Conor McGregor thing on TV, Cody was actually going to start coming out to Colorado and training at, at Muscle Farm and start training with Dwayne. Like we were, I have like these long text messages going back talking about him coming out and training um, and coming out there and because he knew the same situation that they didn't have a coach there um, and Muscle Farm was willing to pay him and have him come out this and that and then that happened so it got pushed aside but just me thinking that like how ridiculous that him calling me a snake in the grass was for for what i wanted to do and so yeah it was just kind of like a fire back it's almost like the eight mile right yeah. like, if you're gonna talk the shit about me <laughs> i'm gonna say, say it first. first before you can even say it because then you got no ammo you know and it's like and then it's like snakes are fucking scary <laughs> you know like so might as well run with it fun fact for you talking about the shirt and killershaw and all that um you know i, I, I me and Dwayne always got along and in my first business one of my first businesses that was a small business I turned into quite a large business. Um, I had a huge print shop in uh, Northern California and Dwayne gave us all of his business. Like he gave us all of his printing. We printed all the Dwayne Ludwig shirts and we actually printed your shirts, the Killershaw shirts. And those were some of the, the very first Killershaw shirts when they came out with them or whatever. We printed them in my shop yeah. in San Jose Spartan Screen Printing uh, before I sold my, my yes. business. Yes, I do remember that. Yes, that's my okay. that's my shop. I yeah, your, I didn't know that was your. I founded journey. that shop and built it from a, an empty warehouse to to be in uh, eleven thousand shirts a day, one of the largest in Northern California before I sold it in two thousand eighteen. So so we had your shirts and and we may or may not have like kept a few for ourselves uh, when we printed your Killershaw shirts, but uh, yeah, it was cool. It's it's funny how we did that and and then now here you are and uh, but but Dwayne was very cool and uh, I think I don't know if I reached out to him or what, but he was. 
100% on board with giving us all of his business. And he wasn't in, obviously, California or uh, San Jose, but he, he sent us all of his business, and we shipped all the shirts out to him for, I guess, some of his affiliates, for him, for, for Bang Muay Thai, for everything. So just giving you a, a fun fact that we actually printed those Killershaw shirts, the beginning the beginning of them, at least. Do you still have – is that business still It's up and running? running, yeah. I sold it. I sold it in 2018 to come focus in okay. Thailand. Gotcha. Cool, man. That's awesome. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, those first shirts we created were just uh, – weren't even to sell. They were just yeah. for us. And for us know. who printed them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. That's awesome, man. <laughs> no, nah, we just kept like a couple, dude. But we put them on the wall. I think we put them on the wall, actually. And we, we were, uh, my manager of the shop was such a big fan of the sport. And he was so excited to be printing Dwayne's stuff. And then he was super excited to be printing your stuff when, when the Killershaw design came in. And, and he started doing the Killershaw shirt. So just thought I'd let you know that. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Can I can I really quick just uh, can I get just a couple predictions from you? Yeah. So Jan's fighting uh, Jan's fighting Stylebender coming up. Uh, what what is your prediction on that fight? Him uh, Stylebender stepping up to a light heavyweight like that and fight such a big massive guy like Jan. Even though obviously Stylebender is a hell of a striker and one of the best I think in the sport uh, for for the middleweights and 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 possibly light heavyweights. Man, that's that's a very I'm very interested in that fight. I'm um just I'm a huge fan of Stylebender striking. It was this, the way he's able to switch stances up and, and the angles he's able to collect. Um, I think he's going to give a lot of trouble to Jan. Um, but, uh, man, it's, it's tough. Jan's just so big, right? He's such a power hitter. But um, I'm going with Stylebender, man. I, I really am. I, I'm just such a fan. Maybe so it might be a little biased there. I've trained with him out in Col- watched him train out in Colorado when I was out there. Yeah, I think he's just going to be able to keep that distance. I feel like he's just as long. I don't know what his reach is. I'd imagine the reach is probably very similar. I think he's going to be able to keep that distance and stay a lot faster than him. Yeah. You know, I mean, Jan is a power hitter, but all his power hitters are usually pretty slow and flat-footed. And I think that his footwork and angles are going to be able to pick him apart. He's not going to be able to grab a hold of him. And uh, Stylebender is going to win that fight and be a double champ. Could be, could be. And the next one would be Stipe versus uh, Nganu. That's that's a crazy fight. Yeah, I think Stipe just kind of does what he did last time. Um, you know, I don't think Nganu's going to really pick up the wrestling as fast as he needs to. Um, it's a tough sport to pick up as well as he's a very muscle-bound guy and grappling gets you tired um, as well as he's going to be so afraid to get taken down that he's not going to be let his hands go as much. Um, I think Stipe gets that fight pretty easy. Okay. That's, that's, uh, yeah, yes. that's, that's understandable for sure. And two questions really fast. Last questions for you. Um, non-fight related, uh, but just to get some insight, what is your favorite cheat food and what is your favorite TV show right now? I like to get some unorthodox questions sometimes with some of you guys. Uh, favorite cheat food. I mean, it's gotta be almost everyone's. I feel like it's just pizza, right? So I don't eat grains. It's I don't, so good. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't eat grains. I don't eat any kind of. Um, yeah, I mean, no, no wheats, no flours, nothing like that. So, if I could just have like a big doughy. I mean, I actually like thin crust though too. But just pizza, man. It's because it's even better the next day. Cold, um, it's amazing. Hot, so whatever. I don't get during. Training. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have to say my cheat meal is pizza. Um, I'm sure you probably get that all the time. And then um, my favorite show right now is Vikings. Um, okay. I started watching it cause I sat in a hyperbaric chamber and watched the Netflix and trying to find something and you can watch Netflix where you're sitting in a chamber, usually sitting there for an hour to 90 minutes. And I started watching Vikings and just got so hooked to it, dude, but I've just been like power watching it. If I have time yeah. to not do something, I'm watching Vikings, you know, it's just, uh, I feel like it, it resonates with with the lifestyle of being a fighter. Yeah. Well, man, Javier actually, uh, Javier Mendez actually has been trying to get me to watch that show. So now, now with both of you, I'm going to have to give it a shot. It's, it's a really good show and they got was it seven old oh, six seasons but pretty it's seven seasons the six season got split up so 
you have tons of tons of watching material. If you have any time on your hands, I think it's a great show. Um, yeah, I, I would I would watch it. Well, congratulations because you're one of the only fighters I've ever not had to ask this question to. Usually, when fighters get in their mid thirties, I always ask, "What is your end game? Uh, what are you preparing for in yeah. business? What are you going to do after fighting? And and what are you looking to do in five or ten years?" You don't have to answer. Uh, it's obvious. We 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 already know you, you got everything lined up. So congratulations on that. It sounds like everything's going good with the Juice Company. You got the 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 training on your website. I saw. Uh, it seems like you got a lot of things going on. So congratulations for that. Um, if you ever come to Thailand to Phuket, you're welcome to come to my gym at uh, AK Thailand. We'd love to have you out. And so if you ever want to bring the family or take a vacation, hit me up, let me know. And you, because you can't announce your fight, you got to promise me I can do a quick update with you when you do get your fight announced and it gets closer to your fight time. I'll just, we'll just do a really quick update, uh, what you think of your opponent and, and the breakdown of the actual fight. Um, Cause I'd love to talk to you about it when it gets announced and, and when we find out who you're going to fight. Let's, let's definitely do that, and I'm for sure going to eventually take you up on coming out to Thailand. I mean, I've been wanting to go to Thailand now for the last, like, five yeah. years. I've been trying to convince my wife to get out there. Obviously, times are crazy right now, but um, that's, that's a place I'll for sure visit, so I'll have to come out and see you, man. I've seen some great things in your gym out there already, too, so I, I want to come visit. Well, thank you so much for your time, Champ. I really appreciate it. It's been great to finally have you on the show, and thanks for taking uh, as much time as you have to go over all these questions and uh, answer them so, so greatly. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Of course, man. You have a good one, huh? All right, you too, buddy. Take care.